Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC football podcast. My name is Joey Weaver. He is Mike McDaniel. Mike, season previews rolling on. We're coming towards the close, but man, we saved a good one. A good team and a great guest. Oh yeah, Horn Brownlow, 99.9 The Fan and WRALsportsfan.com joining us to talk to North Carolina Tar Heels. Lauren, what's going on? Hey guys, what's going on? Yeah, Carolina fans are still not, I shouldn't say all of them. Some of them are mad at me because I only had them 12, which I was like, <laughs> what is this world that we're living in right now? <laughs> I was going to say, imagine three years ago, right. ranking North Carolina 12th and them saying all the way down at 12th. <laughs> it's like some of them are new here, you know, <laughs> and I don't, I feel like any veteran Carolina fan is not one of the people that's mad at me. Um, if they're, if, if a veteran Carolina fans mad at me, it's for, it's because I had them too high. Would be my guess. <laughs> well, I, I guess, I guess we can start there off the top. Um, I mean, UNC's ninth in the coaches poll, 10th in the AP poll. Lauren, I believe this is their highest AP ranking since like 97. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. That's so, right. wow. so I guess the question I, I, that's real hard to believe, but then when you consider kind of the trajectory of the program over the last 20 years, I guess it does make sense. Um, I guess I want to start here. North Carolina is sitting at 10 and you ranked them 12th. I guess my question for you is, is this more about Carolina, the program being the 10th best team in the country, or is this more about, okay, if not Carolina at 10, then who? Yes, I think. Yes. <laughs> and and I, I say this all the time. Um, it's my yearly PSA when I uh, do my AP poll voting is like, Hey, it's cool if you have a beef with a team being ranked wherever, but you need to tell me who should go ahead of them, you know, or who you would have moved around or what have you. And I think for me, and I, I don't know, maybe it's because I'm close to it around here too. And I think I, I'm a little more critical sometimes with uh, the teams getting a lot of positive buzz in the preseason, but I was like, you know, I just, I, I almost had them at 10 and I had to really kind of talk myself into not, um, but I feel good about where I have everybody, but there's questions about almost everybody. I mean, when you get beyond like the top four, honestly, and maybe, maybe five, if you throw in like a Cincinnati, maybe six, seven with like Georgia, Iowa state, whoever else, there's a lot of questions. I mean, even Texas A&M has a lot of question marks. I mean, they're replacing a ton. Oh yeah. So, I mean, once you get past like the fir first five, six, seven teams, honestly, there's a whole lot of question marks. Um, so it's both right. Like, yes, they have been kind of on this trajectory. They have a quarterback that, you know, is a Heisman trophy candidate, et cetera, but it's also like, all right, you reach a certain point and you run out of teams to put ahead of them. Well, and, and from what I can gather, Lauren, it seems like there's almost like two schools of thought on North Carolina this year. And, and Mike and I are on the opposite sides of, you know, I am, I am all in, I think North Carolina is going to be really good and, and deserves that top 10 ranking. And I, I believe in Sam Howell and all this stuff. And then 
you know, Mike leads the charge on like, well, hold on. Like they lost all that skill talent. The defense hadn't been all that great yet. So I don't know. You know, it's, it seems like there's kind of the, these two schools of thought and we've, we've had a number of guests on already that have been very clearly on one side or another of that. So that's been interesting to me. Hmm. I, I'm, I would say, and I don't want to like cop out of this answer, but at the same time, I think I'm a little of both to be honest with you. Um, you know, I, when I was growing up, I, I know I've told you guys this before, I grew up going to UNC football games. So believe me, I am familiar with how this works, right? When, when you get your, your, when expectations are high, like usually doesn't always end well um, for North Carolina. And, and that's true for the local teams around here in general too, right? Like it's not just North Carolina. And it's also very difficult to make that leap from like good to really good. And so, you know, I think Vegas has the over-under at 10. Uh, I mean, I, not to spoil like what else we would get into, but I, I, to me, that's like, you just look at it and go, 10 wins? Really? I don't know, man. And that's the thing. So I, I get the hesitation and I think that there's good reason for it. The skill position is significant to me. I think if they hadn't gotten Ty Chandler, I would have ranked them, I don't know, maybe 10 spots lower. Like that's how significant I think yeah. that is to have a guy that's actually carried the football at the collegiate level more on your roster, you know, but I think an improved Sam Howell will be beneficial for them and an improved offensive line, I think is almost even more important because you got to keep him upright and receivers is it's a little bit of a question mark, but less so for me after the orange bowl. Um, it, some of those guys had kind of shown flashes all year and then you saw them, you know, press into action. I think they did pretty well. So I'm not worried about them from that perspective, but you know, if something were to happen to Ty Chandler, I'm, I'm not sure <laughs> what would happen beyond that. And I'm also not as worried about their defense as some people, but we haven't even gotten there yet. Offensively though. Yeah. I think there's plenty of reason for concern with every, all the production that they lost. I just think that they will be okay. Wide receiver wise running back still a big question mark for me. Yeah. And, and I mean, Lauren, let's just go ahead and hit on the offense here. I, I mean, as you mentioned, I mean, again, Javante Williams, Michael Carter, the the duo that both went for over a thousand yards last year, they're gone. Daz Newsome, Deami Brown, your two leading receivers, mm -hmm. they're gone. That's that's clearly a ton to replace. But as you mentioned, the entire offensive line is coming back. They should be improved. Ty Chandler comes in. He was very highly regarded coming out of Tennessee. He was part of that mass exodus and was seemingly the only one that didn't end up at Oklahoma, from what I can recall. <laughs> um, but as you mentioned, I mean, an improved Sam Howell. He, he's not perfect. He's still got spots in his game that need oh, to yeah. improve. But, I mean, this is a unit that, that even with the running backs and the receivers they're missing, they've they've recruited well. They've, they've upgraded the roster from what it was two, three years ago. I, I mean, right. I figure they're in pretty good shape here even still. Yeah, I was going to say, I think the recruiting is what has me sold, especially like on the defense. Like that's why, and, and they took a step up at the end of last year. The way they played in the Orange Bowl was impressive to me because we hadn't seen that really. And I think you started to see maybe with like the Notre Dame game in the first half ish, you were like, okay, so this defense is not terrible. Like, okay, that's interesting. Didn't know that. And I think that's because you started to see the freshmen that had sort of gotten thrown in there, you know get adjusted and, and figure things out a little bit and they are talented. Right. So, you know, and now they have some depth on the defensive line and the secondary at linebacker, they have depth across the board. Now, can they, you know, put that together? I don't think they're going to be like a dominant defense or anything. Don't get me wrong. But like, I think that if you have a Sam Howell and the offense is going to be as good as it has been, or at least close, you don't need to be a dominant defense. You just need to be not terrible. And that should be enough. <laughs> Yeah, I guess my my question. I know we're jumping around a little bit, but defensively, I mean, they 
they weren't great last year defensively, right. but their offense was so good and a lot of games <laughs> it didn't matter, right? Now, it's insane, actually, like what he had to make up for, for both special teams and defensively, like what that offense had to make up for. Well, it's it's crazy to me. And, and I guess my question with the defense is, number one, how much of it is a personnel based, which I don't think a whole lot of it is, to be honest with you, given yeah. how they've recruited. But then B, how much of it is, OK, Jay Bateman's a defensive coordinator. He had basically a defensive coordinator's best friend in Army's offense for a number of years. And then he mm-hmm. comes over to North Carolina and now he has to scheme up a defense with a Phil Longo offense. It's basically a defensive coordinator's worst nightmare. I think that's an interesting point. Um, and, and, you know, there he had Bateman had a really strong first year and I think people felt really good about him and, and I get it. And he's a great coach. Like, I think he's excellent. For sure. um, but you, I think that is a really good point. And, and there were, I think a few questions raised last year about like, Oh, well that's, you know, this isn't really where they expected the defense to be. So I think this is a big year for him and for them too. Um, yeah. I mean, I think, <sighs> I think I would be a little more concerned about some of that if it weren't for as much depth as they've sort of built up. Now we'll see, you know, you don't want your top guys getting hurt, obviously. And we saw that some with, with, you know, storm duck last year and it was just banged up the whole season and it never really came together for him. But if they can keep at least their top guys healthy, for sure, they have enough. I think they can rotate in throughout where they'll be okay. And I think some of those corners, especially the young corners, they really, <laughs> you, you see it with those corners all the time, right? They, they learn the hard way the secondary the youngsters in the secondary when uh they're thrown into that mix it's it's rough it's not easy and so if they they got through that and they're still doing you know if they're still they're still doing well after after getting through you know kind of just getting thrown into the mix the way that they were i i feel okay about the defense like i said it's not going to be dominant but i think upper half of the acc is not unreasonable and that's kind of where my optimism i think over the team and, and as we look at the defense in particular comes from is I mean, not only, you know, is the the secondary kind of starting to gel, but I think a lot of that comes from the fact that, I mean, they were like entirely underclassmen last year. You know, you, you right. had a, a, a Tony Grimes and, as you mentioned, a Storm Duck. All, you know, by, he's like the captain of the All-ACC name team, by the way. Oh, so great. That's fantastic. Um, but, I mean, as these guys, again, they're like true freshman Tony Grimes was outstanding. And, and he had a couple of huge moments in that Orange Bowl, I remember. I just tend to think that, you know, in year three, Tell me if you disagree. This is this is when we figure out this year is whether this whole Jay Bateman thing is going to work right. or not. Yeah, I, I I agree with that because there's no, you know, they've talked about it all offseason. There's no reason for it not to be. And again, I don't think a lot of people are expecting them to be like, you know, they're not going to hold anybody to like zero yards or anything like that. We know we know that's not going to happen. But I think again, you just have to be better. You just you can't let up you know, 40, 50 points routinely, which is definitely something that happened last year until towards the end, you know, Jaquarius Conley was another guy that came on as the year went on, but, and, you know, you mentioned Tony and Tony played well, but he had his moments too, where, you know, <laughs> cause he's just kind of thrown in there and um, Kyler McMichael's healthy this year too, the, the Clemson uh, Clemson transfer. Um, so that'll be interesting in the secondary for them as well. A guy that has some actual experience, but they're, they seem to be really excited about everybody. And, um, I mean, gosh, they don't need them, but the linebackers, too. I, I remember watching the spring game, like, dang, they're going to have to figure out a way to get some of these dudes on the field because they're kind of freaky. And, and uh, you know, so I, I just I think that they're in a position to be much better. There's really no reason that they shouldn't be. So, yeah, I do think it's a big year for Jay in that regard. 
Lauren, stylistically, how different do you think this team looks, if at all? I mean, defensively, I think it could certainly be better than last year. I'm definitely all aboard that train. Offensively, I think it, they'll, I mean, Sam Howell's a quarterback. I think they'll be fine. Um, but it may take a little bit of time for some of the newer guys. I mean, Ty Chandler will step in. He's a veteran. But, you know, some of the newer skill position players, it might take a little bit of time for the offense to gel in the early part of the season. Do you think that stylistically this team will look a whole lot different from a year ago? Or do you think defense will be a little bit better? Offense will be a little bit worse? I mean, what, what do you think? I mean, just taking a gauge of it, how it will look. That's what I tend to think and that the offense will be a little bit worse and the defense will be a little bit better um, at least. Right. And, and, and the question is like how much for each and that I think will determine a lot about North Carolina. Cause you're right. I do think it could take some time for that offense to gel. We've heard already this. Yeah. I mean, it's preseason, so it's whatever, but we've heard about like they're having trouble connecting on some deep balls and things like that. And so that's, you know, you, ideally you don't want to hear things like that necessarily, but you know, some of the, I mean, Bo Corrales also hasn't been practicing. Um, Choffrey Brown was a big part of what they were doing last year anyway. So I'm, I don't know. I'm just not, I'm not as worried about the fact that they can get their passing game together. What I'm curious about though, is like, how much do they, do they throw a lot more? Do they just put it in Sam's hands and say, you know, go win us the game or do they try to stay as balanced as they've been? It's hard for me to imagine that they would try to stay as balanced as they've been without those two backs. Um, and I think part of it for me being more worried about their offense than some are is just the respect I have for Javante Williams and Michael Carter, like how well they played last year. They were so right. good. They were weapons in the receiving game as well. And I just, you know, I, again, without them getting Ty Chandler, I would not, I, all of this hype would be completely unwarranted for me. And that's just one dude. You know what I mean? So, and right now their second team running back is a guy that like you can't even find on a depth chart from the spring. Um, but that's, you know, it's Caleb Hood who's a, an athletic guy, converted quarterback, but, and they're really high on him, but it's just interesting that you've got guys that have been around for, you know, a year or two in some cases, and they weren't able to crack that spot. So as the second running back, so I just, I'm not sure how much more they'll run it. I don't know. I, I think that that'll be interesting to see. Um, or do you just give it to Sam and say, all right, put us on your back. <laughs> well, and, and Sam, of course, is a guy who has, has had huge moments and he's been very productive his first two years. And just you can't imagine how how disappointed Florida State fans are watching this, right? Knowing that they had him <laughs> yeah. in the bag and then in the last second he flips to North Carolina and all of a sudden he's you know, looked at as like maybe the first quarterback off the board in the draft next year. I mean, goodness. But at the same time, we've also talked a little bit about like he's not he's not a finished product yet. There are still things he needs to work on. I mean, what, what's yep. the biggest development point you're looking for from Sam? Um, I think and this is something that he would also tell you um, is that he needs to kind of learn when to throw it away and call it a day. Um, <laughs> that's, I think, the biggest one, because he's even talked about the fact that, um, you know, he got sacked a lot last year. I think it's over 20. It was like 20 something. Um, but he was like a lot of those, plenty of those were my fault. Now some of that's QB speak, right? Like they're not going to say my offensive line stinks. Um, but at the same time, I think that he has a point in that there were some sacks that were on him because he was just, he, he wants so badly to make a play, you know, he's just like, Ooh, but I, I see this guy coming open. I think, I think I can get it to him. Or like, I think I can take off with my feet. And he took some unnecessarily hard shots last year too. And right now they don't even have a number two quarterback. 
Um, they have not named one yet because they've said that no one has separated, you know, between Jacoby Criswell and Drake May. So it, it's less dicey than in years past when with if Sam Howell were to get hurt, but it's certainly not great. And he's got to keep himself healthy, too. So, yeah, I think for me with him, that that's what I'm looking at is just you, you've got to figure out a way to live another day. It's not a bad play to punt always. It's really not. So, uh, like, looking back to last year, North Carolina had the game against Florida State. They're, like, almost three <laughs> touchdown favorites. Florida State's up 31-7 to seven at halftime. And I remember after that game, Matt Brown basically said, like, we weren't ready to play or we weren't ready for the moment. Yeah. Um, the and, moment. and then there were a couple other weird games, you know, the UVA game, the Wake Forest mm-hmm. game. There were some weird games that happened last year for North Carolina. What do you think is the biggest difference in mindset like in this off season with Mac Brown and his guys to try to avoid having similar games like that happen again this year. Yeah. I mean, that's the balancing act, right? Cause there are some schools and programs that are used to having that kind of attention. And, you know, I think intellectually most of the guys on the team understood that they weren't, you know, the number five team in the country going to Florida state. They understood why they were there and everything else, but still seeing that five next to your name and hearing all the hype and stuff. I guess they're only human in some way too. And I mean, the ready to play thing too is, is dicey. I think, yeah, I think it's like more like what Max said that they weren't ready for the moment. Right. And they, they were not ready to go in there. They, they had watched Florida state's film. Right. And you don't see anything like you saw in that game on on their tape. Right. Right. So I think that's something you have to get used to too. If you're in North Carolina is the fact that you're probably going to see um, versions of various teams that maybe you don't see in other games. And that's, there's nothing wrong with that. You just got to get used to it and, and get ready for, you know, opponents to take advantage of some of your weaknesses. And that's, that's another thing to me too, is um, special teams. And I know, but that's a big factor for me when I look at North Carolina and that's a big, what if for me with them, because their special teams haven't been good really for the last two years and they need to be, way better to help again, make up some of that margin, right. Where the offense is going to take at least somewhat of a step back. So you need your defense and your special teams to pick you up a little bit. Um, and, and I, it'll be interesting to see whether or not they can do that, but yeah, I mean, I think that's where I think you worry about North Carolina. If you're a North Carolina person, it's just, hmm, how do they handle all of this hype and, and everything? Because, you know, history hasn't been all that kind, um, to North Carolina and similar programs, but yeah. Lauren, before we go into the schedule, record predictions, all that good stuff, uh, I, I am curious a little bit to hear your take on Mac Brown. And and this is usually the question where about half the co- coaches in the conference were talking about hot seat, fire. <laughs> uh, obviously, that's not the case for Mac Brown, kind of for multiple reasons. But what you also have to be aware of is that we're about, as we sit here recording this, we're 10 days short of his 70th birthday. And, and I guess in my mind, there's just a question of, how long does he plan on doing this? You know, and, and I, so I don't know if you have any, any thoughts or ideas or any inside info well, of what the road ahead looks like for Mac Brown, how long he'll stick around. Well, I'm the idiot who is still getting dunked on because when they floated the fact that they were thinking about hiring him, I straight up laughed and was like, no, they're not. Like I thought someone was lying to me on Twitter. I was like, stop it. Oh no, there's a multi-page thread on inside Carolina. I'm like, okay, well, good luck with that. I don't blame and then, you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, and I didn't think it was going to be a good idea. Um, I, I have changed the, somewhat on that um, because I, I understand where he, what he's trying to do. 
the question is when does he decide it's enough? Like you said, I don't know. Um, I think he wanted to get this program back in a place where um, closer to where it was when he left it. And um, that was important to him. And I think he did have kind of new energy and perspective that he gained from being out of coaching and being at ESPN and kind of seeing how different programs do things. And, um, you know, there's things that he talks about doing with us that he's like, I didn't do that in Texas because I didn't know any better or whatever it was. And so I, th- I just think that's really interesting. And, you know, it seems like he's done a lot of delegating, like he is overseeing, but he's done a lot of delegating. Like he, it's almost like he, it's not like he works with the coordinators. It, it almost seems like there's very much a boss employee relationship between them. And he's not shy about that. Like, he's like, Hey, it's your job as the coordinator to get them to do X, Y, Z, you know? And it's my job to put you in the best position to do that. But like, you've got to go do it then. You've got to make sure whatever it is. And that has always kind of struck me because you don't hear other coaches talk like that as much, but it is an interesting dynamic there. And I think for him, he's just like, look, I'm, I'm overseeing this. I'm going to make sure everything goes okay. I want everything to be better in Chapel Hill. And then I guess in a couple of years, I mean, I don't know. I, I would assume in a couple of years, you would think he's got his house in Chapel Hill now, less than a mile from campus. So uh, he, he and his wife, Sally, uh, I'm sure will um, retire at some point. But when that is, I mean, it's got to be in, in, within five years. I mean, there's no, maybe he wants an obvious successor. I think that could be a potential thing for him too. You know, he wants a guy to emerge that would be an obvious successor to him. And I don't know. I don't know if they have that guy right now necessarily. I, yeah. I was, was going to say ask if, if yeah. Phil Longo, sorry. <laughs> no, yeah. no, no, no. Phil Longo, Dre Bly. Right. Like who is it? I mean, a lot of Virginia tech folks, you know, they harp so much on recruiting, which has gotten a little bit better this, this go around, but like yep. a lot of folks are like, look at what North Carolina is doing. And then some fans are like, Oh, well, it'll go away once Mac Brown retires. Right. And it's like, mm. no, they have Dre Bly. But like, is yeah. Dre Bly a serious head coaching candidate? Well, and that's, that's the question for me too. Cause that was actually the name that I was going to bring up because I was like, yeah, there's no, I, I, I'm not saying it would stun me if they hired Phil, like of the two coordinators, I think he's the likelier one. Right. Um, but I also think if they have a good year, Phil is very likely to just take a different job at a certain point. Um, so there's also that, but yeah, I mean, I think Dre is a guy that obviously Mac coached and cares about very much and, um, is a great recruiter and has a lot of connections and in this state and in Virginia as well. And, and he, it wouldn't stun me. Right. If they, if they went in that direction, um, I don't know, though, because he just doesn't have as much experience. I mean, he, you know, I think that he was a little hesitant even to get involved in college initially because of his lack of experience. Like he's talked about that. And so um, but he's just kind of been a natural at doing what he's doing. Um, but I don't know. He'd have to take a step up, I think, you know, up the ladder and see how he can handle defensive coordinator duties, I think, probably before they would go in that direction. So, yeah, that but that's the only guy I could think of that would make sense in terms of who at least Mac might want to do it. Well, let's take a look at the schedule. And I mean, as I look at this, there's one game here that I'm looking at that North Carolina will not be favored in. May- maybe. Yeah. Obviously, that, that being the, yeah, the, the road game at Notre Dame. And yet, yeah. if I try to find the second most dangerous game, Miami sticks out. But opening up in Blacksburg on a Friday night, right. knowing that in the last couple of years, this has been a little bit of a slow starting team. Mm-hmm. That might be one of the most dangerous spots of the year for the for this team. So I have that one for sure circled for them um, because of all the reasons you said, right? I mean, that's one of those things where, I mean, and they've talked about it all off season, honestly, like just that 
and partially because it's the opener, you know, I mean, but it's also because like they, they know it's going to be tough and they know they can't ease into the season. And I think it's, it's given them kind of an increased sense of urgency too with like fall camp stuff. Cause they can't like warm up in their first game against an FCS team. Like it ain't going to work that way. So um, yeah, I, to me, that's a big one, um, you know, for both, I think too, honestly, like I think for Virginia tech too, cause it'll be really interesting to see where they are. Um, if they play really well, I think that could give, you know, some, some goodwill built for Justin Fuente, even if, even if they were to lose, at least if they play well, but if North Carolina were to come out there and I don't think this will happen, but if they were to come out there and like blow them out or something, oof, it's, <laughs> it would be getting late early for Justin and Blacksburg. Yeah, so, you know, would. that one for sure sticks out. And then I actually at Vir- Virginia at UNC sticks out to me too. And partially because Virginia and Bronco Mendenhall's defense, that's, that's also a team that's given North Carolina some trouble. Bronco Mendenhall, I swear, like probably all the offensive coordinators from this area, I know probably have nightmares about that defense. So, uh, you know, I, I think that they certainly know how to beat North Carolina and that's a game too, that, you know, let's say North Carolina starts out two and oh, they're feeling great about themselves. And then they play Virginia. Like to me, that's a easily a situation where they could go, Oh yeah. You know, like sit back on there and admire their work, so to speak a little bit, you know, so that, or maybe at Georgia tech, those are two games that I feel like could potentially be trappish for them. Um, Virginia, cause they're, you know, they've been tough for North Carolina and then Georgia tech, just cause they could be three and oh, and like top whatever at that point and playing a talented team that's better than they were last year. I can tell the three of us have done podcasts before because we all look at the same like three games and immediately we're like, yep, those are the ones. Um, <laughs> the only other one I wanted to. Ooh, to bring but at up Pitt, we at see. Pitt. We always yeah, forget Pitt. One. Y'all that's can't forget one. at Pitt. That's the one. That's what I'm saying. At Pittsburgh, that's the one I was just about to bring up. That mm. could be a little dicey because nobody likes going to play at Pittsburgh. And it's a Thursday night game. Mm-hmm. Like those games between those two teams are always bananas. And I feel like this year will probably be no exception. And obviously like NC state to close out the year is, is kind of like a duh thing, but I mean, that's not a game that North Carolina is going to, you know, be asleep for. So, yeah. Lauren, I'm going to put you on the state. It's interesting. uh, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Is this the year that Mac Brown finally gets over the hump and beats Florida state? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Oh, my jokes will run out if that happens. No, uh, (laughs) Oof, I certainly hope for uh, the sake of uh, web traffic that that he does, actually, because I know you guys might say, oh, it's actually better if he doesn't. But no, trust me, because then like that's October 9th. Y'all know what that timing means. Like that is yeah. like, all right, we're out. Basketball's around the corner type of thing. And like, no, 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 no. So I don't, we don't want that to happen around here because uh, that would get everybody to check out but no i i think that I, I i do think that yes this is this is probably the like if you can't win that game just we don't know we're, we're not gonna talk about you for a little while yeah you don't have to talk about uh you know mid-october being good or bad for business joey and i having him be a georgia tech alum me being a virginia tech alum and having a large core of our listenership being those two fan bases if either one of those teams is really bad by mid-october we see a slide in our numbers mm-hmm. so. see p.s like here's the other thing because like fans all the time would be like you guys don't want our team to win i promise you it's the opposite or if you're going to be bad you'd better be like duke bad last year so at least it's entertaining you know yeah. Yeah. Like do something special, like 39 turnovers or whatever it was that special and unique, you know, Comically now bad. Yeah. 
It's yeah, just so, like, yeah, right. do that. If you're going to be bad, be, but like to win like three games and like that season North Carolina had like a couple years ago where they were like, they were in every game, but they ended up like with three wins or whatever it was. That was who was that fun for? State fans probably, but maybe even not even because they weren't even getting blown out in half the game. So I don't know. I just, <laughs> it, it, it does not, we don't want your team to be bad. I promise you. We want all of the local teams to be good. On our podcast, no fan base is safe. That's what Joey and I always say. Um, Joey, not even our Joey, own. What do, you, what do you What do you think here, uh, Mike? I, I predicted this from the very beginning. Uh, I'm I, I'm taking North Carolina to win the Coastal. Uh, I, I think that they're going to Charlotte and winning, uh, or not winning, but I think they're going to Charlotte. They'll make that appearance. Um, I maybe I'm going to be a little a little overly optimistic here. I'm going to go ten and two. Um, I'm going to say six and two in conference. I also have Miami at six and two, but I have North Carolina beating Miami. So give them the, uh, the tiebreaker there, but I, I'm going to go 10 and two. I, I think they might be able to go into Notre Dame, go into South Bend and beat Notre Dame. Um, again, it's, it's the quarterback, the offensive line all comes back. I, I love what Phil Longo has done for two years. I, I do think the offense start or the defense gels a little bit more this year with the way that they've recruited and all that. I, I'm very optimistic about North Carolina. Give me ten and two, six and two. Oh man, Lauren. I'm probably going nine. I'm going nine, and I, I part of yeah. it is for what I said. Like it is really hard to make that leap from like good to really good. Um, it's very difficult to do. And again, I'm not basing this on anything besides just like okay. So you're going to tell me that North Carolina is not going to screw it up like more than twice? Like I just don't see that happening and that's no offense to North Carolina necessarily it's just like I said it's hard to go from good to great and it's hard to get that consistency week in and week out so I think I do think they win the coastal though I do agree with that um I just think I I have too many questions about Miami right now although I love De'Ara King but um and and Virginia Tech I mean who knows right (laughs) Virginia Tech might come out and look amazing in week one and we would all be like what what's going on so I'm not counting that out but I I still I would take them to win it right now I would have them winning nine I just don't feel good about 10 and I think that they lose to Notre Dame so I'm counting that too so six and two feels about right in the ACC but I also have them losing to Notre Dame yeah, I'm going nine and three, six and two, and then I, <laughs> I always do this, and I tell myself every off season I'm not going to do this, but I have Miami winning the coastal, and I don't know why no. you're doing this to myself, Lauren. See, see, here's the thing too, right? You and at least locally, like Phil Steele gets roasted for, for like picking UNC to win the coastal a couple of times. Like Miami is the team that always gets picked to win it, usually right. without like. <laughs> With you know, they have backed it up before and good on them, but I just and I want to love Miami. I do. I try really hard because like I, I know that they have it in them, but then they go do something exceedingly dumb. And I'm like, why are you like this? You know, we talk about going from good to great, right? Like Miami hasn't yet made that transition. They always have at least one game every year where you're like, what are you doing? Right. Right. So I'm not I'm not ready to I'm not ready to believe yet with 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 the hurricanes and I just hate their offensive line. Um not not the people on it. I'm sure they're lovely, but <laughs> <laughs> the one thing too is like I feel like a lot of years Miami gets picked, you know, somebody picks Miami to win the coastal or Miami's a favorite to win the coastal and 
you look at them, you're like, why are they, why are they favored? I don't really understand it this year. It's like, they have a lot coming back on both sides of the ball. The question of course, is if the air King's actually fully healthy or not, which is yeah. a huge, obviously a huge question. I mean, he's, the, he is literally the quarterback. He's literally the reason why Rhett Lashley, in my opinion, is still the offensive coordinator there. I think otherwise he would have jumped ship and gone somewhere else. Um, after having a really successful year last year, um, so, I, I mean, I think De'Ara King obviously has, also, to, has to be healthy. This is going to sound silly, but I think it matters. They're opening with Alabama. Yeah. Which, stop King it. And talking why? that shit, Lauren. No. De'Ara King is talking so much smack. Why? What is wrong with that? No, De'Ara, no. Yeah. No. Buddy. Because no. Oh, no, 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 no. So, like, I... But I have seen this in the past with teams I cover and then also other ACC teams where that game against Alabama can really kind of wreck the rest of your season. Look at Florida State with DeAndre Francois that year. Like it can, yeah. and we've seen it happen with Duke football before they have had kind of gotten to, you know, like more of what they are or well in the good times with David Cutcliffe anyway, but like it will wreck you. It, it can decimate you. You get hurt. It's hard on your body. And then they have to play App State the next week. I mean, I'm just saying, I don't like it, (laughs) but I I know neither of those are ACC games. So yeah, they're, they're, I think 17 or 18 point underdogs. We asked our friend Cam Lauren, who I know, you know, well, we asked Cam, what, what would it take for you to take Miami against the spread? And Joey, do you remember what he said? I think he said like low twenties. Yeah. Uh, Might've been like 17 or something like that. Yeah. It'd have to be more for me. Yeah. It's, uh... Yeah, that's that. I wouldn't. No, yeah, it'd have to be a little more for me too. I think, and I don't gamble, but mm-mm, mm-mm, not not Bama. I'm not messing around with Bama. No, it's Cam's birthday as we record this, by the way. So happy birthday, Cam! Yeah, happy birthday! Oh yes, to Cam. happy birthday, Cam! Also an alum of my podcast. Cam's great. There you go. He'll be uh, he'll be deep into his 40s by the time this gets posted, but nobody has to know that. Nobody has to know that. <laughs> I got Cam after uh, what was it? The game FIU game a couple years ago. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, he was lit. That was so crazy. Did we. <laughs> <laughs> so did we. But those are the best times to get Cam when he's when he's real fired up. Yes. That's, oh my yeah. god, they're so good. That's the best. Uh, Mike, anything else for Lauren while we got her? Uh, I think we're all set. Lauren, this has been wonderful. Thank you, as always. It, it's been a while since you've been on, but it is always a yeah. treat having you on. Uh, do you want to tell the people real quick where they can go find your stuff? Um, WRALsportsfan.com. Um, I'm on 99.9 uh, The Fan here in Raleigh a couple times a week. I also have a podcast and ACC podcast. It is coming back. Just summer was a little rough and now coming out of it. And uh, the, the latest episode is uh, David Hale talking uh, realignment with me. Nice. So, oh, that'll be times. awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. We, we look forward to having you on it sometime soon. All right. All right. Sounds good, y'all. All right. Mike, that was Lauren Brownlow. Uh, once again, 99.9 The Fan, WRALsportsfan.com, an ACC podcast. Go find her. She is a fantastic follow on Twitter. Go find her there as well. Uh, we are going to get out of here. We've got a couple more teams to preview. In the meantime, they can find us on Twitter. I am at FTRS Joey. He is at Mike McDaniel SOS. Together, we are at BC Podcast ACC. And once again, go find Lauren on Twitter. She's at L.E. Brownlow. Uh, she and again, great Twitter follow. Highly recommended. Uh, Mike, 
Uh, iTunes, Spotify, all the good places that podcasts are found, you can find ours. Hit that subscribe button and the follow button and, and thumbs up and whatever YouTubers tell you to do. Go do that on those podcast platforms. Um, they can send us an email with questions, comments, concerns to the longest email address known to man, basketballconferencepodcast at gmail.com. Nailed it. Thank you. Uh, you want to tell them where else they can find us on the social medias? Yeah, Facebook. Facebook.com slash basketball conference. Rate, review, find all of our podcasts there. Go out to Instagram at BC Podcast ACC. Find us there. Do it for the gram, Mike. That's right. Do it for the gram. Uh, that's all I got. Anything else? I think we're good, man. We're rolling down to the finish line here on we our are. season previews. If I'm if I'm doing my math right, when this is posted, we will only have three left, which is only one week of previews left to that's go. Right. And then it'll be actual football time. That's right. So stay tuned. We're there. That's right. All right. Well, until next time, for Mr. Mike McDaniel and Miss Lauren Brownlow, I am Joey Weaver. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will talk to you again soon. And until next time, go ACC. To the